Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. By the way, is it amazing to anybody else besides from me how the taste of food like permeates through things? Like, let me, let me, let me explain. Uh, Owen, who's not here tonight because he's sick, uh, in Jesus' name, healing to you, Owen. Uh, he filled up one of the drawers last week in the production booth with a bunch of candy bars. Uh, P.S., on the count of three, let me know what's your favorite candy bar. One, two, three. I didn't hear a Twix. No one said Twix. I love Twix. Anyways, I was scrounging through the drawer because I'm like, did Owen leave any Twix? Because I would love a Twix. Well, how do you say multiple Twix? Twixes? Uh, multiple Twix twi- twi- Anyways, my point is, Owen also blessed the booth with a big pack of watermelon gum that I was chewing. Can I tell you, the Twix bar, it tasted like watermelon. Like, how did the taste of the watermelon gum, like, I don't, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, anyways, that being said, um, if you got a Bible, go to Colossians chapter uh, 2, verse 17. Um, I believe that's the right scripture. And the reason I'm like, I think it's the right scripture is because um, I literally changed my sermon. Brad, what time did I text you? Was like, like 5 p.m.? Was it 4.30, 5 p.m., something like that? Uh, about about 4.30 p.m. I said, Brad, have you put the notes in yet? And he said, yes. And he literally, he sent me a crying emoji. And he's like, Brandon, I've been weeping all day because I've been reading your sermon notes. And I've been chanting. No, I'm kidding. He didn't do that. Um, he's like, yes, I did put the notes in already. I said, could I give you a couple different notes? And so I don't even have notes because I literally just texted him, which I don't know where my phone's at. Uh, but I just texted him some, some thoughts. And uh, we'll, we'll include it in our Fundamentals Battle Ready series. We've been in the series, by the way, uh, called Battle Ready, talking about being ready for the battles that are ahead. And uh, we've, we've titled this particular installment Fundamentals uh, because you can be the most spiritual person in the world. You can uh, speak fluent, maybe not Chinese, but Holy Ghost tongues, and you can know everything there is to know about the Bible, and yet if you do not have fundamentals in place, you do not stand a chance. And so we've been talking about different fundamentals, and uh, this was not intended to be, but we'll include it in the series. Uh, I want to talk about just being convicted tonight with a call from God, just being convicted in, in your heart that God really has called you to do something significant on this earth. Uh, Colossians chapter something, something, I think it's 2 verse 17, uh, or 417, 417, there you go. Um, it's a scripture that has honestly become one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Um, this, this guy, Acapist, that we're, we're about to uh, read about kind of in, in short. By the way, Acapist, what a name, right? Like, come on, does anybody know anybody that's named Acapist? Like, if I had another baby, which, God, please, if you love me, give us no more children. Um, but if I had another baby, I'd think about naming, naming him Acabus. That's kind of a cool name. But we're, we're about to read about this guy, Acabus, who really, the, the Bible doesn't say anything, uh, uh, anything else about this dude. Like, I, I don't, and I'm not the best Bible scholar. I know there are some people in our church um, and definitely in the world that are way better Bible scholars than me. Um, but I don't, I don't know of any other biblical uh, information we have about this guy, Acapus. But at the end of the book of Colossians, the, the, the apostle Paul, who, who's a writer, he, he, he kind of just like throws a mention in about this guy, Acapus. P.S. Remember that the Bible, uh, these were letters that were written to different churches. So like they didn't have 
uh, the internet, they didn't have social media, they didn't have podcasts, uh, they didn't have email, they didn't have, you know, like a printing press. And so they would write letters and send them to different churches. And so Paul, he, he's writing a letter that's intended to literally be read to, to this group of people and read to, to the church. And he goes, oh, by the way, 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 by the way. Real quick, I, I want to just, just shout out Acapus real quick. I think that's how you say his name, but even if it's not, I like it. And, and it says this, Colossians 4, 17. He says, and say to Acapus, now that I'm looking at the spelling, I don't know if that's actually how you say it, but I really like Acapus. And say to Acapus, take heed, pay attention, be serious, be sober, take seriously the ministry. Someone say Ministry. Ministry, I don't know what you think about when you hear that word. Um, when I hear the word ministry, I literally think about a suit. I think about mints and I think about cologne. That's what I think about. That's like, like the, I, actually, that's what I think about. Because I grew up in a pastor's home and the church we grew up in for my first, well, it wasn't my first 25 years, but my first 15 years on earth was a church where no matter what you were doing, my dad was always wearing a suit. Anybody besides for me, you've ever gone through a phase where you kind of want to dress up a little bit? Like, I, 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 I remember when I was like, I think like in my early 20s, I was kind of mad at our church. I'm like, man, people wearing jeans and flip-flops. I want to wear a suit to church. And if I wore a suit, I'd look dumb. Psh, people need to honor God with their clothes more. Just like, like oh, that's dumb. But, but honestly, I, I think about suits because my dad wore a suit every single day to church. Like that was like, I wore this to work today. Um, so someone walked in the office and was like, hey, I'm looking for, I'm like, hey, I'm Pastor Brandon. And I literally thought, I don't know if I should be dressed nicer. Like, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm Pastor Brandon. But like, I wore this, my dad wore a suit every single day. And I always remember the smell of his cologne because he was always smelling fresh. And what has happened to his lineage, I can't even remember to wear deodorant some days. And my dad was always smelling fresh. And he always had mints in his pocket, always had mints. So that's what I think about. I don't know what you think about when you hear the word ministry, but I think about like church, pastor, something like that. But ministry really could just be translated this way, assignment. Have you ever been given an, an, an assignment before? I know we've all been given assignments in school, but has anybody ever given you an assignment outside of school? Maybe some chores, maybe something you got to get done. He goes, Acabus or Archibus or however we say this guy's name, Colossians 4.17, he says, I want you to be serious Remember, this is kind of just at the tail end of a letter. You could throw up Colossians 4.17 again if you'd like. That'd be awesome. Um, he, he just throws in a mention, hey, I want you to take seriously the ministry, the assignment that, listen to this, that you have received in, come on, someone finish the sentence for me, in the Lord. The Lord. He doesn't go, hey, I just want you to remember like, I really need you to help out at the food pantry, bro. He goes, no, 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 this is not from me. It's not, it's, it's not from, this is, it, it's an assignment you've been given from the Lord. He goes, I want you to take heed that you would, that you would uh, be, be serious about the assignment God's given you, that you may, so, someone finish it for me, that you may fulfill it. In other words, that you may, that you may finish it. Can I, can I just give you this thought that I've been thinking about a lot? The, the assignment that God's given us, the calling, we'll, we'll say that word, on our life. Did you know that it is not an item on a bucket list? 
that would be cool to do one day? You have anything that you're like, that'd be so cool to do one day? Like I would, okay, just randomly, uh, anybody you have a country you really want to visit, any, anybody, just, like, where do you want to go? You want to go, you can't, bro, you've been canceled. You've offended the whole, <laughs> even everybody. Um, Christina, where do you want to go? You want to go to Norway, okay. So someone else, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Switzerland, Scotland, Ireland. Oh, I want to go to Ireland. It looks so beautiful. I want to go to Ireland. Um, but, but we often think about the call of God or things that God puts in our heart as, wow, wouldn't it be cool? Like, wouldn't it be dope if like one day I, but, but I, I want you to shift your thinking a little bit and realize that the calling of God that's on our life, it's not an item on a bucket list. That would be so dope if maybe one day God used me. No, no, no. It's an assignment to say yes to. It's an assignment from God to say yes to and to give ourselves to, to finish it. Do you remember some of the words of Jesus? Um, and and a, what, what are we doing tonight? We're adding a, a, a TH or a, what, for, to names? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, an ST to everyone's name. So Stesus. Remember, remember the, the words of Stesus that that he set his face that he may fulfill or finish the, the assignment that God gave him. There's, there, there's literally record where Jesus offended, you know Jesus offended people? You ever offended someone on an accident? People get offended at weird things, man. Like, I, I have a lady in our church, I will not tell you who it is, um, but she was so offended at me. Do you know why she was offended at me? Because I was using miss in front of her name. And she goes, I got to talk to you. I'm offended. I said, like, well, you're offended. Why? I try to treat, like, in my mind, I'm like, I try to treat you with so much respect. That was the problem, actually. She's like, every time you say miss so-and-so, I feel like you're calling me old on purpose. And I'm like, oh, that's not, maybe you are old. Uh, just kidding. Um, but, but Jesus offended people because they're like, hey, you should do this, Jesus. Jesus, you should go here. He, he would go, no, 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 no. There's an assignment that's in front of me that I must give myself to fulfill. Can I just say this, and I'm gonna give you my title, and I'm gonna give you just a couple thoughts tonight. Um, there is nobody in this room that is too young to get serious about the assignment that God has, has put on their life. Do you remember what Jesus was doing at 12? Anybody, you remember? Remember this story? At 12, Jesus' parents lost him. Like, how do you lose the son of God? You literally lost God. They lost him. And, and, and who, come on, Bible scholars in, in the house, when, when they found Jesus, where, where'd they find him? In the temple. And what was he doing? He, he, so he wasn't teaching, but, but, but he, he was asking questions. And anybody remember, like, you, you ever say something real smart to your mom, and, like, you don't mean to be that smart, you're just being accurate, you know what I mean? And, like, she takes it as, like, okay, fun, funny story, I was telling this the other day, um, or, or t today, um, a couple Mondays ago, I got an argument at 6.45 a.m. With my, with my two daughters. They came downstairs, and I had lunches packed, backpacks ready. I said, girls, girls, why are we not dressed for school? Go upstairs and get dressed. Brooklyn, she's our most obedient kid. I love her so much. She goes upstairs and get dressed, and Evelyn's like, I don't got school today, Dad. Excuse me? You have school today, Evelyn. I don't have school today. I said, you have school today. Go get dressed. And she goes, but it's President's Day. And I was like, oh, actually, 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 you weren't being sarcastic. You were being accurate. 
but, but Jesus, he was in the temple and, and the Bible says he was asking questions. And his mom goes, what, what are you doing? And he goes, mom, don't you know? I must be about my father's business. Jesus at 12 years old, one of the things the Bible says about Jesus, one of the things his disciples noticed about him is that he was, he was eaten up on the inside with a passion for God's house. There's this one instance where Jesus says something and, and, and one of the disciples literally goes, oh, and we, we, we forgot, like he's a man that's eaten up with passion for the things of God. Jesus at 12 years old was about the things of God. I want to talk about tonight just having a conviction for the calling that's on your life. Here, here's the title of the sermon that I, uh, I want you to write down if you're taking notes. It's simply this. Um, why are you so passionate? On the count of three, I want everyone loud and proud to just ask me that question. One, two, three. Why are you so passionate? I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much for asking. I, you totally set, set up my sermon. I, I, I titled the, the sermon this because um, th- this is a subject that I'm actually just like super passionate about. And um, ha- have you ever been talking to someone maybe on the phone or like at a coffee or something and, and they're like going on and on and on and like they're so passionate about something, they just won't shut up about it? Like, do, like, do, you, do you know this person? Have you ever been this person before? Yeah. You're just going on and on and on, and you could tell. Like, have you ever, like, have you ever been in an instance where you can tell the person you're talking to, like, is done listening, but you don't care. You just keep talking. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, don't, you don't even want to hear me. I don't even care. I'm gonna keep on talking. Hey, if if that's ever been you, you might be called to be a preacher. I'm just saying, because <laughs> um, it happens a lot. But, but, but I, I was talking to someone on the phone recently, and it was actually on uh, on Monday. No, Tuesday. And um, yesterday, my mind is not very good at memory um, or grammar. But, but, but they said like, hey, you know what, what what's something that you, like, you're, really, like, you're really excited about right now? And I just start going on and on and on. His name is Marcus Ellington. He's the next gen director uh, for our nation, for the denomination we're part of. So he's the national next gen director. And I said, bro, you don't even know. And I start going on and on and on about how excited I am about crew. Like, like honest to God, no, like, I'm like, this is the national next-gen director. And I'm like, let me take up 30 minutes of your time to tell you how pumped I am about what we're starting in our youth ministry. And he, he, he goes, wow, Brandon, wow. You're really passionate about that. Why, why, why are you so passionate? And I, I titled the message that because it, it's honestly like the, what we're talking about tonight uh, being called by God, being a leader. It's something that, like, other than Jesus and the grace of God, I can't think of anything I'm more passionate about. And so what I want to do for the next 10, 10 minutes or so is I, I just want to, like, pour my heart out. Um, and so, you know, like, pe- people say, like, you know, I, you know, am, like, uh, what, what, what's the expression? Like, heart on your sleeve, or, like, you're, like, bleeding before. Like, you're just pouring yourself. I want to just pour my heart out tonight and tell you, why I'm so passionate. And this, this is not a push for crew. This is not a push for you to do anything. Um, I, I just felt as I was making copies at the copier, I just felt like I need to pour my heart out tonight why I'm so passionate about this subject. So I want to give you four thoughts. Number one, you can write this down, why I feel so passionate about this is because you are called. 
every single person in this room, you are called by God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called. You're called. Every single person in, in this room, Caleb, can you come be, be an example real quick? I, I'm the king of bad sermon illustrations that I think of on the spot. I'm so good at this. All right, this is, this is so, so, so dumb, but I just want to give a visual. Come here. Um, let's pretend that I, I don't know where I'm going, okay? I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm blind. Don't cancel me, bro. Don't cancel me. I'm not making fun of blind people. Don't cancel me. Um, but let's pretend like I, I can't see. Okay. Caleb, I need to get to that exit that's somewhere in the room. Will, will, will you please help me get there? Okay, just like help, help me get there, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Help, help me get there. I don't know why I don't trust him. Like I want to open my eyes so bad. Okay, okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Caleb. I'm, I'm almost to the exit. All right, you can sit down, man. Thank you so much. Um, quick question. What did Caleb just do? He guided me. He guided me. When, when we think about leadership in our culture, when, when we think about leadership in the, the world that we live in, we think position, don't we? We think title. We think authority. We think someone that's like incredibly gifted or good at something or charismatic. We think about all the people who, who, who we, we look up to or who the world looks up to and aspires to be. But can I tell you, that's actually not the most simplistic or I would even say the most accurate definition of leadership. Leadership is what Caleb just demonstrated. All, all leadership is, is it is being a, thank you so much, Tiffany Lance, for, for the word, it's being a guide. That's all. Leadership in its most sim- simplistic form, it is leading or guiding somewhere, someone, somewhere that they could, not ha- they could not have arrived at on their own. Did you know that you are called by God to be a leader? What did the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Apostle Paul, he writes this. He, he says, for we are, for we are ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.21, on the screen. There it goes. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Pa- Paul's saying, do you, know, do you know what your assignment is? I'm called to be an artist. Great. But let's get more simplistic than that. I'm called to be a worship leader. Cool, great. I'm called to be a super, whatever. But, but like, let's push all that stuff over here and just go, but at its, at its most simplistic form, we all have the same calling. Now, we'll talk about this in a second. We all have unique gifts and abilities, but like, let's just bump that for a second. We all, like, we're not that special in that we have the same call. That's why they call it the great co-mission. Do you know that Jesus did not hand his mission off to an individual? He didn't go, wow, Judas, not you, bro, but Peter, you are so gifted. Will you carry this? No, he handed his mission to a group. And that group is what formed and what we know as the, 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 the gathering of called out ones, the ecclesia, the church. Jesus handed his mission to the church and he called it the great co. In other words, look at your neighbor and say, we're in this together. Like it's the, it's, it's not my mission, it's our mission. And he handed the, the assignment to you and I and said, here is what I'm, I'm tasking you with. Here is your assignment. Here's the calling that I'm giving you. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it won't be on the screen. You can write it down though. He said, go, go into all the world 
and tell people the good news. We, 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 we read it in different translations and we make it really spiritual, but let's just make it practical. He goes, go into your world. Do you think your world's different than my world? Like, I don't go to your school. You, you don't live in my neighborhood. I, I'm not a part of your club or your team. You don't have the friends I have. I don't have the friends you have. We have different worlds. He goes, go to your world, man, and tell them the good news about my love, about, about what I've done to, to reconcile people back to God. T- tell, them, tell them about the good news of forgiveness and grace and healing that wherever they are, whatever they're going through, that I can meet them and help them. And re-. he goes, go. All of us, we are called by God. I will argue till I'm blue in the face with the most astute theologian to say, no, we're all leaders. Leadership is not a title. It's not a position. It's not authority. Leadership is helping people get from where they cannot get on their own to where God wants them to be. And he's called us to be the leaders, to be the guides, to, 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 to be the examples, to be the encouragers, to be the preachers, to be the models. He's called us to help people know who he is and grow in relationship with him. Here's one of the things that I, I, I've said for so long it's because I so believe it. Every single person in this room Come on, take your finger, not the middle one, the pointer one, just so we're clear. Take, take your finger and point it back at yourself. Okay. Say, I, I know more, more than someone. Than someone. You, you might not know more than everyone, but I'm telling you, you know more than someone. We, we discount ourselves as good guides, as good leaders. I don't really, no, no, no. You know more than someone. Even if all you know is God like really loves people and um, I think he, that's, you, that's more than someone and God wants to use you as a guide to help that person get to where they could not get on, on their own. Number two, here's, here's my second thought tonight. It's simply this, that we will, will all, we will all be held accountable. We'll all, we'll all be held accountable. I want to read you this verse. I think it's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. I think it's in the same chapter. Yeah. And listen to what Paul says. He says, therefore, we make it our goal. We make it our aim. We, we make it the thing that we have our focus on, whether present or absent. In other words, he's saying, even if like we're like with God in heaven or we're right here and we can't see God physically, he was present or absent to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all, someone say all, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. To that every single one of us, that we will stand before the living God one day. But Brandon, I'm only 12. You will stand before the living God one day and you will give an account before him. And, and, And can I tell you, according to my best understanding of scripture, you won't be giving an account for like your like good deeds and bad deeds. He's not going to be like, well, okay, I want to talk about Wednesday, the 31st, um, when you were at the park with Andrew Johnson. And uh, I want to talk about that word you used. Yeah. Yeah. When you stubbed your toe. Yeah. I heard it. I'm God. It's not like good or bad, but according to scripture, my best understanding of it, we will give an account for how we stewarded our life. That's why Paul writes in other scriptures, he he goes, hey, 
wake up. Stop being lazy. Stop being apathetic. I know those aren't words we love to hear because they wake up and live with wisdom, making the most of every day and every opportunity. He, he says this, he says, he says, because the days are evil. In other words, he, he goes, because the end is coming sooner than you think. We will all stand before God and we will all be held accountable, not for like good deeds and bad deeds. No, no, our, our sin has all been covered by the blood of Jesus and we have been freely and fully forgiven. His grace is abundant and we are righteous because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we've done. Someone said, amen. So it's not good deeds or bad deeds, no, but it's stewardship. I was having a really good conversation with Brad before church. He, he's like, well, like, what, like, like, what's that going to be like? And I said, you know, I don't, I, I don't know fully, but, but the best way that I can articulate or, or at least understand it to this point, d- does anybody know someone that either because like they're really intimidating or you really respect them, you get around them and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, this person, yeah. like you have someone, I, the only way I can describe it is like when you get around someone that you so look up to and you so admire that it's like, I just, I, 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 I just want, I want to say the right thing. I want to say it the right way. The, the, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. Come on, guys, let's, let's get pumped tonight about the fear of God. I want everyone to be shaking in their boots by the time we leave here because God will, that's not the fear. Of, the fear of the Lord is reverence. The, the, the fear of the Lord is such a reverence and an honor for the almighty living God that when we stand before him, it's not like we're like, and the Bible does say there, there are rewards for, for things done. Paul goes, I'm, I'm pouring my whole life out for the crown of righteousness, the reward that's laid up for me in heaven. But, but standing before God, we will stand before the almighty living God and we'll give an account. Hey, hey, how, how, how did you steward the four years that I gave you in high school? Hey, how did you steward the opportunities I, I gave you to lead, to serve? To make, to make a difference. Can, can I tell you one of the most discouraging moments in my whole life, and, and I'm not being dramatic. I know I could be a little dramatic sometimes. Pray for me. But, but, but no, no, not being dramatic, one of the most discouraging times in my whole life was my high school graduation. Because I sat there, and senior year, I wasn't like super following God, but, but I, 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 I knew enough. And I remember sitting there, I don't know how, how big my graduating class, it was hundreds and hundreds of people. And I remember looking around and it, it just occurred to me, you didn't do anything for God. Like you, you, were, so, you were so focused on yourself. You will never see most of these people again. And you did not do a single thing to help anybody out of these hundreds and hundreds of people to know who Jesus was. And, and I don't know how to describe it other than in that moment, I, I just felt such regret, like, man, I missed an opportunity. I'll never get back again. Man, we'll all be held accountable. Number three, write this down. Um, it, it, it's simply this, that, that you're needed. Can I tell you, every single person in this room is needed. There are no misfits. 
There are no mistakes in God's kingdom. Beautiful, whatever that was. I, it's like there's, there's no misfits. Like it's, that's amazing. There are no misfits. There are no mistakes. You are needed. This is an incomplete verse because we're not going to read the whole chapter, but listen to what Romans chapter 12 says. I believe it's verse six and seven we're going to read. Romans chapter 12, listen to what the apostle Paul says. He says, having then gifts, someone say gifts, gifts. I don't think I say gifts right. I just say gifts, like there's no T in it. Gifts, gifts. Having then gifts differing, differing, they're, they're all different. According to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. We'll just stop right there because it goes into a whole list. But here's what I want you to hear. The apostle Paul goes, Hey, all of us, we have different gifts and abilities. All of us, we've been given a different grace of God. Like not everyone's called to be a preacher. Not everyone's called to be a singer. Not everyone's called to do something on the platform. But why do we think sometimes that the only gifts and abilities God really uses are the ones that we sit in seats and we look at? That is not true. You have a gift. You have a grace. You have an ability on the inside of you. You have creativity. You, 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 you have a way of thinking and, 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 and looking at the world. You, you have ideas. There are things that are inside of you. There's greatness on the inside of you. And the reality is that we are the body of Christ. How many of you, you're thankful that your leg came to work today? How many of you, you're thankful that your ear came to work today? Like the other day, randomly, my toes went numb and I'm like, this is weird. Like I could walk and stuff, but this is, ah, it's, the Bible goes, we're, we're the body. And every single member has its function. There is not a more valuable or a less valuable. We are all valuable members of the body of, and you're needed. Do, do, you, do you know why you're so badly needed? You're so badly needed because Caleb's face randomly shows up on the screen. It's like, we need people in the back to go, no, Caleb, you will not be interrupting the sermon. We're like, we need that. But you're, you're needed because, like, I cannot reach the world the way you can reach the world. I can't do it. it like, there's no way. I don't have the ability to communicate the goodness of Jesus and the love of God like you do because I'm not you. I don't have your voice, and I don't mean your physical voice that I can hear. I mean, I don't have the expression on the inside of you that tells people and shows people who God, I don't have that. No one else has that but you. There are musicians in here. There are artists in here. There are people with, with, with creative ability. There are people, you don't even know why, but you're just good at talking to people. There's people like, I don't, even, I don't even know why, but I'm just like really good at thinking of like creative. You are gifted by God for a specific reason, and it is to tell the story of Jesus, to build God's house, and to reach people. You're needed. Number four, we end with this. I'm so thankful that Spencer stayed because I was like, man, if Spencer leaves, no one's going to play at the end and then it's going to be weird. I'm not going to know what to do because music is a crutch now and I don't know how to preach without it. But point number four, last one, is I want you to hear this. It starts young. <clears throat> it starts young. <clears throat> how many of you, you have a habit you wish you didn't have? And it's not like, like immediately people go like, oh, yeah, it's my deep darkest deep, dark, dark sin. Does I don't I mean like just, just random. I bite my nails. I wish I didn't bite my nails. 
At the same time, I can't stop biting my nails and I don't want to stop biting my nails. <laughs> but I wish I didn't though. You know what I mean? It's like, I wish I didn't bite my nails. But, but I started biting my nails when I was like little. I, I remember you, you got that grandma or that aunt that bribes you with stuff. I remember my, my grandma, she bribed me with $25 to not drink soda for a whole month. And I drank water for a whole month. I got that $25 and then I went right back to that Coca-Cola. But I remember her trying to bribe me like, I will give you, what can I give you to make you stop by? I, I wish I didn't have this habit, but I'm 33 years old. And I've been biting my nails since I was probably like five. And guess what I still do? I, 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 I bite my nails. Did you know that there are so many habits and patterns and ways of thinking, ways of viewing yourself, ways of viewing the world, ways of viewing life that they actually, they, they start very young. And they might have different expressions and look different, but they carry all the way through to, to your adult years. Like, I won't tell you what they are because that's not the point of the sermon, but I have insecurities that I, that I live with that I have to ask God, God, help me to not be so insecure about that. But, but I've had that insecurity since I was like 10. I, I, I can remember just, just, just ways of, okay, well, this is, this is how it works. Ways of thinking that I, I developed when I was like in middle school. I'm not careful. I still think that way today. Can I tell you that having a conviction for God's call on your life, it starts now. What, 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 what does Romans say? Romans 12, 2. Come on, all my Bible scholars, except for Anna. Anna, don't answer, you always answer the question so fast. We get it. You're better than all of us. We get it. We're all equal, except for Anna. She's better. Um, but help, help me finish this verse. Do not be... Finish it, Caleb. Do not be... Pat in this world. Did you know that our culture ha has given us the permission to not really care and not really be serious until later? There's exceptions to that, yeah. But like generally speaking, our culture has given us the permission as, as young people to go, yeah, yeah, totally, man. Like when I get older, totally. The Bible goes, ah, don't. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, though. There's this instance where, where Jesus, he's, he's just chilling. And um, he, he has some, some religious leaders come ask him a question. And um, I love Jesus because, well, I love Jesus for a lot of reasons. But one of the things I love of reading the Bible is that people ask Jesus questions and he doesn't answer them directly. He just kind of tells them what they need to hear. And so they ask him this question. He goes, that's totally your problem, you know? What, what, what do you mean, Jesus? Y you have taken the traditions of men and you've made them to be like, like Bible truth. And so you've actually taken your traditions that have been handed down to you well, this is just the way it is, man. Bro, it's 2022. You can get canceled for speaking Chinese on a video at youth group, bro. Like it's 2022. Like it's just, this is, this is how it is. He goes, you take your traditions that have been handed to you 
and you treat them like, like, well, that's, like, that's it. He said, and what it does, it makes all the power of God's ways null and void. You won't experience any life transformation of power because you go, well, yeah, yeah, totally, God. Like, I'll follow you and like do, like, do what you want me to do. But first, though, like, these are my traditions. This is what culture tells me to do. This is how, how my family thinks about it. This is, and he goes, you put those in place of like my ways and it nullifies everything. Do you know how many people have nullified potential because they've just bought into a cultural acceptable mindset that goes, it's not a big deal, man. Come, dude, like you're 15, who cares? Like, yeah, like be serious about God later. Listen to what Paul says though to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.12. He goes, Timothy, my son in the faith, let no one, someone say no one, let no one despise your youth. Hey, no, 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 no. Don't let anybody cancel you because you try to speak Chinese or because you're young. Do, do, you, know, do, do you know how many of us, our problem is not other people despising our youth. Our problem is our self-despising our youth. I mean, I'm only like 12, bro. I mean, come, I'm, I'm, I'm 14, like, no, 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 no. He goes, don't, don't let the fact that you're young be like a holdup, but be a, say differently, but be a leader, be a guide, be an example that goes in front of people to the believers, to people that are older and even people that are farther along than you in how you talk, in how you live, in how you love people, in your spirit or your attitude, in the way you trust and believe God, in the way you're pure and be the leader. It starts young. Brandon, why are you so, I'm so passionate because I know that every single person that's called upon the name of Jesus is called by God that we'll all stand before God and give an account one day of how we stewarded the minutes and the hours and the days and the weeks and the months and the years of our life, how we stewarded the gifts and the abilities that God's given us. I'm passionate because I know that every single person, you're needed, you're needed, you're needed. And because, because I know that it always starts right now. It's, someone say right now. I promise you we're gonna end momentarily. But I, I, I gotta say this. Sometimes what we do is we, we, we feel convicted. We feel like God's speaking to us, but we, we go, well, you know, I don't really wanna like make a decision right now. I, I need to think about it. People pray about dumb stuff, by the way. Like there's no dumb prayer request, but sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know, God. Like I need to pray about whether or not I really should get serious about being, no, 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 no. What we do a lot of times, here's what I want to say. We go, all right, God, I hear you. And then we just create space. So sorry, Izzy, for almost killing you. It was for a good cause. But we, we create space for the enemy and ourself to talk us out of the yes we should have said here. The Bible goes, hey, no, 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 no. Today is the day of salvation. In other words, the Bible goes, don't wait. Why are you waiting to say it's today? The moment is now. The time is here. But we often go totally, man, totally get it. 
And then we, we create space and we almost hurt people like Isabel. We create space for the enemy in our own mind to talk us out of what God said over here. Am I the only one who I know that God is saying something? And I'm like, I, yeah, I, yeah. But, but I hesitate to just fully surrender and say, yes, yes, God. And so, so as time passes, I talk myself and I allow the enemy to convince me. I mean, like, yeah, I guess it's not really that big of a deal. I, I think it's time for some people in this room to go, God, I am called. I might only be 14, but I'm a leader in your kingdom. How can you say I'm a leader? I'm not leading anybody. Do you know what God does? I love God. God gives you identity and then calls you to live in it. God says you're righteous even when you're not living righteous. God says you're called even when you're, you're still discovering it. God says you're a leader in my kingdom and then he calls you to begin to raise the level of your living to, to, to what he's called you to. I cry way too much these days. I don't know why, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm always emotional. I, I watched this documentary. You, you ever watched the, the Discovery Channel? I watched this documentary. I finished it last night uh, about this rescue that happened. These 12, um, I'm so self-conscious about being canceled. Don't cancel me. I think they're from Thailand. It wasn't the point of the documentary, but it was, it was a soccer team and their coach and they were in these caves. You watched it? You watched it? And, and they, they, they were in these caves and the monsoons came and they got trapped. And, and these cave divers, they had to literally cave dive for over two hours to get to, 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 to where these 12 boys and their coach was. And um, like it did, I mean, they were in there for like 15, 16 days, I think. And um, it would take so long to explain the documentary, but I'm, 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 I'm finishing it last night and I'm literally weeping. I know I got problems, pray for me. Maybe I need some like vitamin supplements or something. But I'm like, we, and, and do, do, do you know why I'm weeping? Because all I could think about was God, I wanna be like that. Here's these two guys, they're not professionals, they're not paid, they're literally like, like hobby cave divers. But they felt so compelled. There's no one else that can do this except for us. Literally, there's no one in the world besides this group of people that were hobby cave, they weren't even professionals, that knew how to dive in this way to, and, and, and listen to, to these guys go, I, we didn't know if it was gonna work, but I just, like we were the only ones we had to. And I'm sitting there like weeping last night going, God, I want to live a life like that. God, I want to be so compelled and convicted that there's people who are hurting and broken and need you, who need your love and your forgiveness, who need healing, who are literally bound up and need to be freed by you, that I would live a life that would go, I'll do whatever it takes, God. I don't have all the gift. I don't have all the grace. No, I'm part of the body. But God, however you can use my unique gift and grace and voice, God, use it. Use it, God. I want to live my life forever being convicted. I'm a leader. Even when I have no title, I have no position, I have no authority, even, even if nobody knows my name, even if no, no one even recognizes, I, I, I'm a leader. There's someone somewhere that you want for me to, to guide to. to 
We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.